Hey guys, I'm Norman. And I'm Cassandra. If you enjoy this show, and we hope you do, consider checking out Second Breakfast, our weekend edition podcast exclusively for Patreon supporters. Where we discuss things mostly related to Lord of the Rings, including cast filmographies, the Silmarillion, and much more. For $5 a month, you'll get access to this and other Patreon-exclusive Dueling Genre content. Head over to DuelingGenre.com support to find out more, and thank you very much for listening. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring uh, one credit sequence page at a time. Again, I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. At a time again. Yes. Norman Mitchell. That's me. <laughs> I don't know. Our structure is falling apart. 200 episodes of this and then I don't. It's just anarchy. It's just chaos. <laughs> just freewheeling it's just it. White white letters on a black page. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> it's tearing me apart. <laughs> um, so the main credits, um, or like the actual movie credits, end around minute 208-ish. Right? 208-ish, um, 209-ish. Yeah, that's Somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, and then... That marks the beginning of the fan club credits. The only thing I'm interested about the fan club credits is actually pausing it and seeing if Stephen Colbert's name is in the fan club credits. <laughs> um, we do know of at least two uh, listeners slash um, friends of the show. George Hendricks, who we had on um, previously on our Minute All-Star Week. Um, he said that his name is in the fan club credits. And Daniel MacArthur uh, from the the listener group has said that um, his name's in the fan club credits too, which is really rad. Yeah. I, I like that we like know of people that have their names in this like massive army of fan club names. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is quite the list. It's very long. Yeah. Um, so today and tomorrow we'll be answering uh, some more questions that you guys sent us. Thank you. Um, Chris O'Connor who we had on the show uh, a couple weeks ago uh, talking about all the weaponry. Um, he sent us a lot of questions, so we'll split those up uh, between today and tomorrow. And yeah. th some of them are really cool. So thank you, Chris. So I'm going to save that one for tomorrow, I think, because I need to think about that one. Um. What is your favorite bit of Lord of the Rings merch that you own? Do I have any Lord of the Rings merchandise? <laughs> well, uh, other than my two posters, I guess, which sit behind us when we record. Mm -hmm. uh, Does, well, if we extend merch to be um, books. If we extend merch to be books, I have uh, a very, very nice edition of Lord of the Rings that I got when I was a freshman in college. Uh, and it is, for a long time, I just let it sit on my shelf as, this is this really pretty book. I have this really pretty book. Because mm -hmm. I paid 
and it wasn't the full retail price for it because it, I'd been looking at it off and on for months sitting in the local bookstore and debating about whether or not I wanted to pay full price for it <laughs> for a while. And when I finally decided I wanted to buy it, the owner of the, the little local bookstore here sold it to me under retail and gave me one of the two Lord of the Rings posters off the wall in the bookstore for free. Because you finally bought them. Because I the finally bought it. And I <laughs> I paid, I didn't pay full retail for it, but I paid almost $100 for it. Holy crap. Uh, so it is a very expensive edition. But it's a one volume. It is a one volume. It's bound in red hardcover with a dust jacket that is also red. And it's supposed to look like the red book is the design of the covers. It's got like the, the gold filigree on both sides and it's very pretty. Mm -hmm. uh, and I recently got the, like last year, I got the special edition of The Hobbit they released that matches it, but it's green. And that's like, it was not as much, not even close. No. Uh, but that, that actually, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. I also, the, the David Day books are also all great. Uh, I love all my Lord of the Rings books. <laughs> uh, I've had the same copy of the Silmarillion, just a little beat up paperback from the 70s for ever. I know it's falling apart. I, I picked it up the other day and like the cover fell off and I was like, oh no, I broke it. I've had that since high school, that, that copy of the Silmarillion. It's just the one I have. I've just never replaced it. If they ever make a special edition that matches my Lord of the Rings and Hobbit ones, I'll, I'll get it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really want an illustrated edition of Lord of the Rings, but I've never wanted to spend like the the two hundred dollars or more for that. Holy crap! Yeah, they make like really some really nice like leather bound illustrated editions. So, are there multiple illustrated editions? I think so. Or is it just that like Alan Lee? I think there are multiples. I'm not one hundred percent sure. Because okay. I know like we just picked up um, Baron and Luthien, the the new uh, book that's out. And it's got um, illustrations by Alan Lee. Yeah, and they're just kind of scattered throughout. Yeah. So, that would be really pretty to have, like, a fully illustrated copy of that. It's like story time. Yeah. Like bedtime story. To read to, to kids someday. You know someday. what? I really want the the illustrated editions of Harry Potter that they keep coming out and tempting me with. And I'm like, I don't have a disposable income. What is this? I need pretty books in my life. Yeah, I don't maybe know. someday they'll they, when they finish all the illustrated Harry Potter ones, they'll probably put, put them in a chest set. like they do the other one. Yeah, those are big books though. Like those are like heavy. Yeah, because every other page has a. That'll really be a trunk. Yeah, a trunk full of spell books. I don't know if I have any Lord of the Rings merch. Um, I didn't really collect a lot of things when I was uh when these movies were coming out. Um, I mean, I always wanted to buy like sword replicas and stuff. I never. Had the that money is to. another question. Um, but I, I remember having um a few bookmarks, and they each came with like a little the little ring, like yeah. the ring on the little tassel bit. Um, and one of them was like, I don't know, I got like a ring, like a ring replica somewhere. Um, and it's not like a very big one. It was just like a you know whatever. Um, and I remember I like put it on a chain and I wore it, um, for a while in high school, um, until it started turning green mm. because the, the paint wore off of it. That's how often I wore it. Um, 
And of course, I still have my Legolas poster from, from my bedroom when I was a teenager. It's made the journey with me through the ages. It's not hanging up, but I still have it. Yeah. Um, What about, like, merch you would want to own? Like... All kinds of swords. Yeah. Um, the Argonoth bookends. Mm, that'd be sick. They uh, they made some when the movies came out. They made some Argonoth oh, bookends. Oh, really? Yeah. They're pretty cool. I've I've seen beaten up ones that people have had. A friend of mine had them, and the hands broke off them pretty quickly. Oh, that's too bad. I like bookends. I mean, I collect um, I collect action figures now. So I think like a full fellowship would be sick. I wonder if there's a box set. I don't know. Like I know I have um, an eleven Doctor Doctor Who box set. Yeah. That I'm very proud of. Wonder, I wonder if any company made a nine members of the Fellowship box set. Probably. If they did, they were, they were like probably really expensive. Yeah, I imagine they were. Um, but, yeah. No, that'd be sick to have. Or, um, I don't know. Um, and another question is, if you could own any one item from the films, which would you choose? Like an actual item from the movies? Yes. So, this is hard. Because <laughs> my favorite prop in the movie, as we've talked about, is Bormir's bracers. Yeah. I think they're really, really pretty leather work, and I think that they, they have a, a really cool narrative purpose. And they're just my favorite prop in these movies. Um, Saruman's uh, illustrated journal Ooh. is a prop I would love to have. Yeah. That'd be sweet. So, yeah, like Boromir's bracers... Or something I'd like to have. Saruman's illustrated book is really cool. Yeah. And probably has all kinds of things we didn't get to see. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, I think... I don't know. It's hard, because, like... For me, it's categories of things. Yeah. So, like, if I could own, like, a costume from the films, it would probably be one of Galadriel's... Um, dresses um if i could own boromir's luxurious fur cloak right if i could own a weapon from the films i think um i remember taking a trip to some like coastal california um tourist town uh when i when around when these movies came out um or a little after and they had like uh a replica weapons like a prop weapons shop um as one of the little places and i remember like coveting the lord of the rings stuff like they had um a narsil they had um like frodo like they had sting they had um legolas's uh lothlorien bow and his daggers um, arwen's sword is my favorite looking yeah, sword yeah arwen's i don't know if they had arwen's sword um i think as far as like a prop weapon that I would have would be the the Lothlorien bow because it is so pretty. And I have a thing for, like, archery. And Legolas. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. So, okay. Imagine Lord of the Rings is real. Like, if you could have, like, an 
artifact, like a, an item, like an actual thing, like a portal to Middle Earth just opened up in our living room. Why? I don't know. Um, and you could take one thing from the story. What would it be? Well, Palantir would make a nice centerpiece. <laughs> I don't want that in my home. Well, there's no one to talk to. I guess. But does it still work if you're not in the dimension? I mean, there's no one to talk to with it. It's just a really pretty stone with these swirling clouds inside. I don't know. I would drive me to madness and <laughs> bad table manners. Um... <laughs> Sitting there for dinner, staring at the orb in the middle of your table. Um, I would probably grab, uh, Lembus and, or, um, those crazy, the, the LaFlorian cloaks. Yeah. It's almost like the invisibility cloak. Yeah. But not as cool. You just blend into whatever surrounding you're in. Plus it looks warm. It does look warm. Very. I hate winter. Very, very airily spun wool. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. If you decided you were going to take up a new folksy historic craft, which one and what Lord of the Rings things would you make with it? For example, you could take up knife making and try to craft something like Aragorn's pretty curved elven dagger. Um, yeah, that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Be a, be a blacksmith. <laughs> well, would it be like, is it like a weaponsmith? Or is it just like, is like blacksmithing a like an umbrella category and then there's like offshoots of blacksmithing yeah because there's like silversmithing oh that's true um, you'd be Sauron's apprentice fine work like jewelry is yeah. very different than like making pots and pans and swords yeah um I think I would I mean I said that I'd like to make the chain mail with the guys yeah so that's true blacksmithing would be I think that'd be cool to learn I think I would take up like, um, like sewing, like, like making clothing. Um, I am in love with the costuming of this movie. Uh, and I would love to be able to make like Galadriel's dresses. Galadriel's dresses. I really like, um, Arwen's riding outfit is really cool. Some of the Hobbit outfits are super cute. Yeah. I'd be I'd be down for that. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds cool. Or like um You can make one of Pip you can make Pippin's scarf. Pippin's scarf. Well that's like that's like weaving or It's like weaving, knitting. yeah. Or knitting. Yeah. It's a nice scarf. It looks comfy. Yeah. And he has it at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. It's around his neck in the Green Dragon Inn. He takes care of that scarf. <laughs> it looks like crap after like, you know, whatever. Um that just shows you the Hobbit stuff is well made. And let me see. If you could change any one point in the plot of the Fellowship of the Ring, what would it be and why? How do you think that change would affect the rest of the story of Lord of the Rings? That's a big question. I mean, we talked about it a little bit um, as far as like Aragorn and Bor- like Boromir not dying. Like Aragorn and Boromir switching places. Yeah. But... Hmm. The thing about that is, like, I can't imagine, it's hard for me to, like, think about, like, the ramifications, like, the butterfly effect of, like, just changing something in the story. Um, Here's one that I think makes sense from a character perspective and is somewhat interesting to think about. Gimli refuses to back down from Moria and instead Gimli falls. 
delaying the Balrog or alongside Gandalf mm. because he refuses to leave Moria. Like Glorfindel. Ooh, 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 yeah. Okay, so Glorfindel comes with them instead of Legolas. Well, then the Balrog dies. Right. Glorfindel already killed well, okay, all these okay, things. Okay, okay, okay. So if, if the Balrog dies, do both of them fall? Does only Glorfindel fall? Well, and he's <laughs> like, ah, oh, not this shit again. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was so second age. I think it's a first age, actually. Yeah, he comes back in the second age. Um, because I think, because currently Gandalf is the most, like the highest level, you know, to put it in D and D terms. Yeah, Gandalf is the like the highest level party member. Right. So if you put Glorfindel there, he's practically a god at this point. I mean, so is Gandalf, but Gandalf isn't like reborn yet. Right. So okay, so if Glorfindel comes with Gandalf, right. Gandalf doesn't become Gandalf the White if he doesn't fall. Yeah. Which... If he doesn't become Gandalf the White, then he can't repel the Ringwraiths on Pelennor Fields and stop Faramir from being killed by them. Mm. Which means that... He also can't... <laughs> uh, he also can't show up at Helm's Deep right. as Gandalf the White. Well, and if he doesn't come back as... Well, okay. Because Gandalf shows up in... Um, Rohan. Right. Right. He doesn't he doesn't pull Theoden out of Saruman's clutches. But oh yeah, because he is in Saruman's clutches. Yeah. Yeah. Because gross Worm Tongue. Gross Mick Grandma Worm Tongue. Gross Mick Worm Tongue. Um So if Glorfindel had come with them and Gandalf had not also fallen, yeah. then Sauron would have won. Or um Hmm. Well, okay. So let's say that Gandalf is able to pull Theoden from Saruman's spell. Because Saruman isn't there. He's just got his toad face yeah. friend to do his dirty work for him. So, like, I mean, Gandalf can kick his ass. like Right. So it's like greasy, manipulative little Tommy was so... Ew. <laughs> whispering in Theoden's ear. So, I mean, you just, like, you you kick Grima out of the picture, and then Thaden's like, oh, man, that, that was weird. Like, what's... Yeah. But the thing, the point like that you make Glorfindel's about... Like, is Glorfindel's response just, like, kill it? Like, I don't like this. Stab it. Yeah. Well, like, the... <laughs> just just puts an arrow through Wormtongue right there in, in Edoras. And the thing about that, too, is, like, Gimli. Like, would Gimli and Glorfindel have been, been friends? I don't know. Because Glorfindel's, like, old as balls. And Legolas is pretty old, but he's not, like, Glorfindel old. Right. So, I mean, the thing about Legolas and Gimli is that Legolas is relatively, like, young as far as elves go, which I think yeah. is why their friendship works so well. Yeah. Um. So, if you have this, like, elitist first-age elf with the party, Gimli is just, like, pacing. Yeah. Unless something happens where they have like a bonding moment. Yeah. I think there's only a couple of places where you're like you can see something that almost makes sense character wise for things to be different. Mm -hmm. Like depending on how strong the ring is, does Boromir fight over the ring right there on the slopes of Cardross? Like, is there a confrontation there? Oh. 
And they just chuck him on off the off the mountain. There he is with heights again. Just leave for him here alone. <laughs> like I think the idea of like Gimli staying in Moria is an interesting one to think about too. Because then you don't have the friendship, you don't have a trio going out and fighting Mary and Pippin, you just have Legolas and Aragorn. Right. If Gimli and Gandalf both fall, because Gimli just refuses to leave. Hmm. Or if hmm. Gimli's like really can't let Moria go and decides to like go back to the Lonely Mountain. Well Well, okay, so what what happens if Frodo becomes a mini wraith? Um well if if Frodo is consumed by the, the wound from the Morgul Blade, yeah. uh then I think the ring bearer becomes Sam. You think Sam would keep going without Frodo? I think because they don't know the importance of they don't even know what the mission is yet at Weathertop. Oh, that's true, but I think of all the hobbits, Sam is the most likely to, in the end, be like you know this is something that needs to be done. But I think the appointed ring bearer would probably turn out to be Aragorn, and I we we see that he's strong enough to repel the ring, but we don't know if he can hold on to it and deal with it. Yeah, we don't know if he's as pure as Book Faramir. <laughs> You leave my my sunshine boy alone. So yeah, who is the? I mean, the mission fails without Frodo in that way. Yeah. Because they probably yeah they probably appoint Aragorn as the ring bearer, or they try to push it on Gandalf. And he's, no. Okay, so what if Boromir um gets Can, lost? He can't find Rivendell. They just find him on the road. I don't know if they would find him. Would they find him on the road? I guess he's coming from the Gondor side, and they're going yeah. towards Gondor. Um, but Gandalf point, never escapes Saruman. Ooh. If Gandalf never escapes Saruman... They never know that Saruman has betrayed them. Mm-hmm. Until they get to the Gap of Rohan. And then it's over. Maybe. I mean, if he's backed up with, like, ring rates and an orc army, and there's just, like, eight dudes, and four of them can't even fight... Yeah, it's over. Well, I mean, if Gandalf, never, if Gandalf never escapes Saruman, I feel like Elrond would just send Glorfindel anyway. That's true. So let's 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 so, like backtrack it all the way to there. Gandalf never escapes Saruman. Okay. Elrond sends Glorfindel anyway. Okay. They get to the Gap of Rohan. Before they ever get ambushed by anything, they realize they have to turn around. So then, at that point, it's so late that they can't even make the choice to go over Caradhras because it's already too far into the. Into the winter. They can't even make that idea. So then they only have two options left. Well. Which is to either try to push through the Gap of Rohan and sneak around somehow. Or go through Moria still. But if they're that far into the Gap. They probably run into the Rohirrim much earlier. Well, okay. So when the the Krabine from Dunland. When that happens. They're not. They're still going towards the Gap of Rohan. right? Right. And that only happens. Like, though, that only happens probably because Saruman knows Gandalf is with them, so he sends out the crows to go find them. Well, I think He's trying to find his lost prisoner. If, if Saruman, I mean, that scene with Saruman and Gandalf in, um, um, Isengard, he basically says, like, you know, Saruman knows the ring has been found. Gandalf says Frodo's name. Yeah. 
Um, so I think that Saruman, especially if they're working in conjunction with Sauron. Yeah. Um, and Sauron knows that Frodo has the ring because Frodo at this point has slipped and put the ring on in Bree. So I think that the, the birds would have followed them anyway. Yeah. I think that the, I think the real crux of like this idea or this question is how does the mission get completed and the story end with a change? Yeah. So I think the answer is Glorfindel kills everything. <laughs> They run into the Rohirrim and they get taken prisoner. Glorfindel's just like, who's this greasy bastard? Shoots him while standing right there in the hall. <laughs> so what you're saying is Glorfindel would have gotten shit done. Yeah. <laughs> and Legolas is just like, how do I be like you? And he's just like, you have to die fighting a Balrog first. And then come back. And then come back from heaven. He just puts sunglasses on. Or is like Glorfindel just like so disenfranchised with the West, with with Middle Earth now, because he's been in the West and he's just like, why did you send me back? Well, they sent him, they resurrected him because he was needed. Yeah. But like, does he become disenfranchised with Middle Earth quicker than the rest of the elves? I feel like if he was disenfranchised with Middle Earth, he wouldn't be hanging out with Elrond. He'd be hanging out with Thranduil. And they would be drinking constantly. I mean, maybe he just bounces between all three elven kingdoms. Maybe. Just like, hey, Galadriel. Hey, girl, what up? What up? You're like the only other elf that's as old as me. Right? Every, all of our friends left. <laughs> but, no, I like that question. Some interesting things to, to think about. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Legolas gets the Glorfindel treatment instead of Gandalf in Moria. Oh, no! Legolas dies? Yeah. They get sent back. No! Well, if you send Glorfindel instead of Gandalf and they go through Moria, I feel like Glorfindel gets the Gandalf treatment. Either he falls or he, like, bests the Balrog again. Right. I mean, he died by falling after besting a Balrog. So it just happens twice and he's just like, this is my lot in life. (laughs) It's like the potted plant from Hitchhiker's Guide. It's just like, oh no, not again. Yeah. Just the potted petunia or whatever. Uh, man. This is your, you know, your uh, your lives are cyclical, Glorfindel. You're going to always die by falling off a cliff. That sucks. Just, just fighting something greater than you. <laughs> oh, man. So I think that wraps up today's episode. We have a couple more questions from Chris to answer tomorrow, but a lot of them are like really in depth. So I don't know how we're going to do yeah. that. Um, we'll, we'll get it done. So, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, in the meantime, once again, we have a Facebook listener group called fellowship of the mic, join, discuss, enjoy. Um, and since we're wrapping up this season of the show, go ahead. And if you've been waiting, um, all 200 and some odd episodes to, uh, review us on Apple podcasts or iTunes, as it was previously called, uh, go ahead and do that now. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Um, we're currently sitting at like four and a half stars. So if we could like bump it up to like five before we come back, that'd be sick. But we appreciate everyone who's done that, uh, who's reviewed us on there already. Um, and special thanks to Patreon associate producers, Leaper182 and Ed Foster. I hope you guys have been enjoying this week. We've been trying to make it as entertaining as possible. 
and we will be back tomorrow for our final wrap-up episode of The Fellowship of the Ring. Bye! Bye!